Monday, August the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Pentagon seconds commercial planes and storms batter North America. First, the world in brief. The Pentagon announced that 18 planes from six commercial airlines will take Afghan evacuees from military bases in Germany, Qatar and Bahrain to third countries, freeing up military aircraft to help get people out of Afghanistan. This is just the third time America's Defense Department has activated the Civil Reserve Air Fleet to augment its airlift capacity. In Kabul, the Taliban took responsibility for controlling crowds around the airport. The insurgents reportedly fired into the air and used batons to force those attempting to flee their rule into orderly queues. President Joe Biden said the Taliban had been, quote, cooperative in extending the perimeter of the airport. Taliban fighters are heading to Panjshir province, one of the few parts of Afghanistan not yet under their control. Ahmad Massoud, a local anti-Taliban leader, said that he hopes to be able to negotiate with them. But he also appealed to Afghan soldiers to join his national resistance front. Amrullah Saleh, the deposed vice president and current caretaker president, is said to be in the province. At least eight people died in flooding and mudslides as Hurricane Grace hit the state of Veracruz in eastern Mexico on Saturday. Meanwhile, New Yorkers braced for Tropical Storm Henry, which made landfall yesterday. A state of emergency has been declared in the city. At least 22 people died in Tennessee after storms there caused flooding. Australia and New Zealand continue to struggle with the more contagious Delta variants of COVID-19. New Zealand reported 35 new cases on Monday, most in Auckland, its biggest city. Australia reported more than 800 new cases in the state of New South Wales for the second day running. Police clashed with anti-lockdown protesters in Sydney and Melbourne. Hezbollah, a Lebanese militia come political party backed by Iran, said that ships carrying Iranian fuel would be sent to help ease shortages in Lebanon. The group claims one has already sailed. The country's government announced that gasoline prices would be raised by 66% because of a partial withdrawal of subsidies. Lebanon's energy shortage has sparked violent demonstrations and paralysed basic services. Ismail Sobri Yaakob, Malaysia's new Prime Minister, started his term by announcing that he would ask opposition leaders to join the government's COVID-19 committees. Mr Ismail Sobri, who was sworn in on Saturday, also said the country would buy 6 million additional vaccine doses by early September. Malaysia has more COVID infections and deaths relative to its population than any other country in Asia. Angela Merkel, Germany's Chancellor, said that an accord allowing Russian gas to flow through Ukraine must be extended, quote, as quickly as possible. Ukraine's government worries that the controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which will carry natural gas directly from Russia to Germany, will endanger its energy supply. Mrs Merkel has just concluded her last visit to Ukraine before stepping down as Chancellor. And fact of the day. Less than 24 hours. The time it takes to erect a 3D printed house. And now here's today's agenda. Tactics for the Taliban. The G7 discusses Afghanistan. Reconquering Afghanistan was the easy part. Now the Taliban must rule. Domestic concerns aside, that means managing the country's international relations. While no country is ready to accept the militant group with open arms, its humiliation of America has pleased some, including Iran, Pakistan and Russia. 
China has shown willingness to offer the Taliban some of the recognition they crave, provided, among other conditions, they promise not to harbour exiles from Xinjiang, particularly Uyghurs, a mostly Muslim minority. Leaders of the G7, a group of big industrialised countries, meet this week to discuss a quote, common strategy and approach towards Afghanistan's new rulers. The Taliban's claim to be more moderate than their previous incarnation already looks hollow. The group must also reassure allies worried about their own national security. India and Taiwan, who want American power to deter aggression from Pakistan and China, are nervous. There is much to discuss. Shelter from the Storm Chinese Tech Companies Times are tough for Chinese tech giants. As the Chinese Communist Party continues its regulatory crackdown and Western governments make it harder to do business in their countries, some are looking for friendlier climes. They could do worse than Southeast Asia. Populous and full of fast digitizing economies, the region is made more attractive by having no definitive geopolitical alliance. Alibaba, ByteDance and Tencent have already made small steps into local markets. Cloud computing offers particularly attractive opportunities. It is growing quickly and Chinese companies are already snatching market share from under the noses of American cloud service providers such as Amazon Web Services. Unlike American companies, Chinese ones are comfortable with regional governments' preference for storing data on their citizens within their territory. Those governments also appreciate that, unlike American firms, Chinese ones do not publicize information on government and law enforcement data requests. A lot better than nothing. Special drawing rights. The IMF is distributing $650 billion in special drawing rights, SDRs, today, the largest such allocation ever. It hopes to bolster countries' financial positions amid a continued economic onslaught from COVID-19. SDRs work like a low-cost emergency line of credit. Countries receive a balance from the IMF, created out of thin air more or less. An interest rate of 0.05% is charged on the amount by which the balance is drawn down. The IMF expects the allocation to provide relief to poor countries struggling to support fragile currencies and pay for imports. But the aid is of a modest sort. SDRs are doled out broadly in proportion to countries' contributions to the IMF, meaning most will go to rich economies. Low-income countries will receive only about 3% of the total. Some pariah states, such as Myanmar and, for now, Afghanistan, will not get anything at all. Others, such as Belarus, will, to the consternation of critics of the programme. Still, every little helps. New York's new governor Kathy Hochul I believe these brave women, tweeted Kathy Hochul, New York's lieutenant governor on August 3rd, referring to those whom Andrew Cuomo, the outgoing governor, is accused of sexually harassing. Miss Hochul seems to be trying to distance herself from her boss before stepping into his shoes tomorrow. She will be the first woman to hold the position. Mr Cuomo, who denies the allegations, announced his resignation two weeks ago. Miss Hochul is not well known outside western New York, where she grew up. A moderate Democrat, she first served in local government before winning a congressional seat in a Republican district. Even before assuming office, she has hit the ground running and already has met with Bill de Blasio, New York City's mayor, with whom Mr Cuomo famously feuded. Peter King, a former Republican congressional colleague, told the New York Times she was, quote, normal. The state could use some of that. Town Mice and Country Mice 
Why Cities Swell Mammals Bergman's rule is an ecological principle stating that animals inhabiting cold places grow larger than those in warmer ones in order to conserve heat. The tenet holds true for many birds and mammals. Because cities are warmer than rural areas, climate scientists had assumed that animals there would be smaller. But analysis published in Communications Biology, a journal, finds the opposite is true. Measurements from thousands of museum specimens and field biologists of over 100 North American mammals, including rodents, bats, bobcats, foxes and deer, showed that city dwellers outgrow their country cousins, despite the added warmth. The main causes are abundant supplies of food and shelter, and fewer predators and competitors. The findings suggest that human settlements can alter animals' bodies just as much as, or even more than, climate change. Conservationists will need to build that into future models, not least because even small changes in mammals' body size can play havoc with metabolism and reproduction. Summer Quiz Week 6 It's a new week, and thus a new chance to trounce the baristas in the Summer Quiz. For Week 6, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Monday. Which 1925 Soviet film directed by Sergei Eisenstein is regularly cited as one of the best movies of all time? Finally... Here's the quote of the day from Will Cuppy, who was born on this day in 1884. A few cobras in your home will soon clear it of rats and mice. Of course, you will still have the cobras. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Music